All right, folks, it's Paul Larkin here, just staying part two of the Mental Health Podcast. First one I'd done a couple of months ago when my mental health was really terrible. Um, and I want to start by um, talking about that before I kind of go into a general thing, about uh, particularly towards men during this kind of lockdown stuff and ongoing pandemic we're going through. But um, essentially what had happened with me was that uh, I had a... Situation um develop at, at my work, which was essentially, um, a coordinated campaign of bullying against me, um, and and gaslighting and things like that, <clears throat> and I would be kind of a wee bit aware of it, but I wasn't really aware of the extent of it until it was kind of revealed to me one Friday, and so when it was it was revealed to me, about one thirty on a Friday afternoon, I was finishing at three o'clock that day, and um. I um, went home that day and I was kind of thinking about it constantly, you know, on the bus, um, home and and walking back and all that kind of thing. And um, I spoke to my wife about it and she was kind of shocked as I was. Um, and then, you know, I just kept thinking about it all the time. I couldn't really get out my heat, you know, because it was, was kind of like... You know, I felt like I was being held to a higher standard at my work by two or three people, um, just because that's how they were. But in reality, it wasn't. It was. It was really. It was a much more vindictive kind of thing, which for reasons that still escaped me. Um, had nothing to do with anything I've done in the past or that. This was um, something that I'd actually flared up at my work about eighteen months before I'd arrived there, and was supposedly stamped out. But then it was um, clearly no. And um, these people um, that were doing it were um, what you would call sacred cows in the organisation. So it was difficult to kind of challenge that. But on from the Friday to the Saturday, I started to get really, um, you know, my brain and my head was just exploding. Um, to the point where I, by the Saturday night, wanted to commit suicide. Um, and I didn't say that lately. And it was wife, my will, um, lovely wife, Fiona, who talked me down for that ledge. And, um, but then I was, you know, gone completely. I was so, um, sort of, in a kind of deep state of what has gone on here, you know. So I phoned in sick on the, and explained the situation and that kind of thing. And that kind of led to an ongoing um, situation where I really, you know, for a work perspective, you know, I think they really took it seriously to begin with. And then once they investigated and they saw, you know, the evidence and stuff like that, they were kind of really taking it really seriously, they said. So, but at the same time, my anxiety had kind of gone through the roof and my depression was absolutely raging inside me. So I was this, I was, um, talking to the doctor and all that kind of thing and I said look I really fear for my own kind of safety here because you know I'm not really in control of my thinking right now so I was prescribed first 20 mil then 30 mil a drug called citalopram which um, didn't really work for me um, and I'd spoken to a friend of mine called Brian McCarty he had been prescribed citalopram a year, 18 months ago and had really horrific side effects with it and I'd spoke to him before it and he was kind of like, you know telling me the good points and bad points and stuff like that so 
we, I reluctantly went on it, and as I say, it didn't work, and there was, you know, spoke to the doctor again, and they were like, look, you need to change it, and I had to wean off um, that and go into another drug. Which I'd actually read a book called Feeling Better by Alistair Campbell and he had been on it and said it was great and to be honest, I've never looked back since I went on it, it's fantastic. Um, seeing through all that was, I was doing counselling and um, obviously via Zoom meetings and stuff like that. Um, and I I got, I got a lot for that, I really did. Um, the lady that I was doing it with was uh, was very, very good at what she did. So that helped immensely. And then the other thing I was doing was a thing called CBT, you know, Cognitive Behaviour Therapy, and um, never really got as much for that. That kind of goes towards things like toxic thinking, you know, expecting the worst and all that kind of thing all the time. And I did have a tendency to do that at times, and a lot of that was because I felt that over the years, you know, I was being gaslighted by so many people um, before gaslighting was even a word because of the work I was doing with um, films and documentaries, you know, books, and being told I was wrong and all that, constantly, constantly, constantly. And you do doubt yourself at that point, you know, obviously you do. Um, and it was, you know, what happens in a situation is, you get also, I mean, people always think this, oh, well, you came with the Huns are liking that, but it wasn't, I mean, it was, you know, people who, who claim to support the same team as me just kind of, no liking the fact that I was working class and spoke with, you know, colloquialisms that um, <clears throat> were of a working class background and swear a lot and stuff like that. So, you know, I guess I was when I was in the moment, I was kind of just moving forward constantly. But it was taking a toll on my mental health. And I think um, having then went into, you know, the care industry first as a support worker in homeless shelters, um, and then as a care assistant in a, in a care home, you know, I'd felt that my um, skills that I'd learned were perfect. You know, I'd, I'd done an HNC in social services and, and um, SVQ and all that, but, you know, I was kind of, had a great empathy for people in these situations, both homeless and elderly and that. And was quite shocked to actually see at college where people um, would say, oh, I didn't want to work with the elderly. You know, when I leave here, then we're the elder, and I think, you know, imagine if I stood up here and just went, you know, I'm the one to work with black people, <laughs> you know. But that's they just that seemed to go over their heads, like you know. But I had went into that, and I loved being a support worker with homeless people because they were my people, you know, who had went wrong turns in life or had um, had horrific things happen to them in childhood. And I just wanted to help them. And of course, you assume in that situation that everybody who's in your job wants to help them. But that's just not true. Like people can give a toss and are there for a wage. And uh, I mean, when I've seen some horrendous things from um, a guy, you know, standing up and work one night, doing a night shift, to CID, walked in, said the name of a guy, I'll no name him, and I said, yeah, and he said, he's just hung himself across the road. And I said, oh my God. And uh, two days before it, I'd helped this guy set up a job interview. And um, he's Polish, this guy. And um, when the boss came in in the morning and I explained to her that what had happened, the first words out of her mouth were, in here. And I said, no, no, across the road. She went, all right, okay. And that was it. She never mentioned a thing again. Um, 
so that's you know, and people say, ah, well, because she's been in the business so long, you know, it's probably hard for her to be empathy. Well, it's like well, pretending at least pretend you care, but they don't. So from there, I went into the um to be a care assistant, and that was a, a huge leap in terms of the kind of working that. But I loved it, you know, I loved um working with people and some great. Um, conversations with older people who are at the end of their life and they need care and what we were doing was to um, they had maybe came in and had a fall or you know things like that and we had to get them ready to get back to to home like you know and you really got to know people in that but within that there comes a resentment that if you're getting on with people and certain other members of staff aren't you know they're going to as, as I found out be really vindictive um, which is something that because these people have found have one common denominator and it's that their life is that job. They've got nothing else going on in their lives, you know. That's all they talk about, the job, the job, the job, the job. And you're like, oh, fucking geese peace. Well, yeah, it's, you know, you need to, you get 100% when you're there and then when you leave it, you switch off and, you know, you recharge and stuff like that. But they couldn't do that. And look, they'd come in an hour early. <laughs> you know, just like, what? Not to do any work, but just to be there, you know, and smoke fags and oh. Anyway, you didn't want to hear about all that nonsense. But as I said, with this, um, my mental health took a battering. And I did, when I was weaning off this drug, Citalopram, to go into the new one. Um, I do don't name it, but I just can't pronounce it. I can't remember it. I had never felt worse in my life. And I wanted to kill myself every day. I'd be in the car with my wife and I wanted to jump out. Um, I'd be in here and I'd think about slashing my wrists. Um... Just, just walking across the street, I just wanted to walk in front of cars. And I was trying to channel positive energy against that. Um, and it was really difficult, but not impossible. Because when my other drug kicked in, I started to feel a hell of a lot better. Three, four weeks ago. And I've felt fucking fantastic since then. It's been fun, it's great, I'm thinking clearer. I've got a much more positive outlook. I've got... Um, Big sense of creativity coming towards me, and um, and I'm and I'm channeling that. Um, I've done been working non-stop, writing, you know, doing these all, all different things. And then of course, and this week comes and there's basically another lockdown and pubs across central Scotland are getting um, shut and all that kind of thing. And you can see, just in terms of social media and 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 and, and the contact I have with people, that it's going to it's really affecting men in particular and women you know I didn't want to discount or discredit or um, diminish women because um, I you know I know women f- suffer from these same mental health issues but I feel though they have a bigger resilience that's just what I've observed you know and um, it really um, it's really inspiring for me to see that quite a lot but with men, I think, you know, a lot of men's lives are getting stripped away and have been for a few years now. And I take mine, for example, because I can only speak for me. In that, a lot of the things I used to do to kind of stay out the pub, if you like, were, you know, go to bookshops, go to record shops, you know, buy DVDs, buy records and that kind of thing. And slowly that's been eroded where everything's online now and everything's streamed and all that. And that's fine, but like... You know, it means that 
you're never really getting out there and broadening your horizons and interactions. And that my big thing in life was always travelling. You know, I've always travelled. I've always went places rather than be a kind of material person. I always thought travel kind of and think like, travel kind of expands and broadens the mind. You meet people. You go to places. Like if I went to watch Celtic in Europe, I would never stand in the big squares. You know, drinking and all that kind of. I wanted to go and meet the people who lived there and see where they went and all that kind of thing. Um, and when I lived in New York, people would always say, "You know, I've met this guy. Scottish. I'm not interested in meeting a Scottish person in New York. I've met tons of them. I want to meet New Yorkers, you know, and see what their lives are like." And so we've we've kind of been shutting again. And I guess what I'm talking about here is is men who who feel alienated because alienation, despite what Thatcher used to say, you oh, it's a Marxist word and all that kind of thing. Alienation plays a huge part in mental health, and I've seen it happen. You know, I grew up in Muirhouse in Edinburgh, which is a poverty-stricken area, and always has been, um, despite the odd coat of paint they put over it. And bit by bit, even though that was poverty-stricken, there was a big community there. That community got eroded as well. And all the community projects got defunded and, and all that, and it was really horrible to see because I, what I knew and when I lived in Muir House was um, particularly, you know, my first spell before I lived in New York was that if I was struggling or I needed money or whatever, I could, there was places I could go, you know, and I'm not talking about, you know, in the pub for a quick fiver, I'm talking about um, placement places and uh, workplaces and that, that people worked and they could get you opportunities, you know, um, and that was important. I used to spend a lot of time in a library. Uh, in Murhouse and you know first the, the initial library in Murhouse was um, like a portal cabin really and now it's a big big thing and hope Murhouse has gone through a bit of regeneration although um, I didn't live there anymore so um, since I've been married basically um, but as I say men I think we're, we're struggling right now because all our kind of guarantees in life are being taken away I mean the football as much as I love football and all that kind of thing I'm hating this whole if I had the Maui, they would have just put. I would have just put football in hibernation until this was over, because watching this um, games with any crowds and having the threat of COVID wiping the whole thing out, hanging over you all the day, you know, it's that feeling of impending doom, like a safe's going to drop on your head, um, and it's not really helping. I don't think at all. You know, just that the energy that you exude when you when you go to football and you see and roar and all that kind of thing, and hopefully you celebrate and you go home again. Great, it's not really happening now. You know, um, musically and all, I think um, in films for that matter as well. There's nothing much new coming out. There's nothing much for us to see. There's nothing much to listen to, um, and you end up going back and seeing the same shit. And social media. And that's what come on to was that you know people all these people oh, destroys mental health and all that and I, you know I th- I personally think the people who didn't like social media are for want of a better phrase cunts and the reason I say that word is because it's always the people who I think attack social media are the ones who get exposed for being cunts all the time they 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 are unable to mask their cuntiness. And it gets exposed on social media and then people pile in and say, you're a cunt. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, I've got away with being a cunt for years. How, you, you can't do this to me. And they're like, well, if you're going to act like a cunt, you're treated like one. And therefore, you know, in the rules of the kind of schemes, 
um, they start going, oh, well, I fucking didn't be bored with that social media. And you see it with people all the time on on, on, on TV. You know, oh, I, I, I don't do the social media. Aye, because you're a cunt and you didn't want people to know that. <laughs> you know, we see, see snippets here on your telly. And I'm sorry for the profanity, but it's true. Um, but social media can be a great outlet for people to reach out as well and say, look, I'm alone. I'm unhappy. I'm depressed. I'm stressed. Can you help? And what I always say as well is, Reach out to people. When was the last time you said to your mates, how you doing? You alright? What's happening? That's it. No agenda. No wants, no needs. Just how you doing, pal, alright? Because I'm telling you now, you could save your lives. Save their life. I mean, that's really that simple. You know, I've had people... You wouldn't believe... I, have a, I, I closed my circle of people a few years ago made it smaller and when I was reaching out to people um, a friend of mine Scott I was just uh, and I was talking about doing this doing that in CBT he said I have done CBT as well now he'd never said that to me before and I kind of like that he did after it because then it's like well we can now talk about this you know what I mean it's great and that's what it's all about like I mean we didn't as well as the world is shutting us off right now. I feel as though we can still reach out to each and every one of each ourselves. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, like, you know what I mean? And I see, see people saying morning, and, oh, it's great, it's Friday, and all that kind of thing. It used to piss me off, to be quite honest. Because <laughs> I think, oh, fuck, who cares? But then, you watch somebody going into a chip shop, right? And you think, they're talking away, talking away, and you're standing behind them in the queue. And you're kind of like, oh, for fuck's sake, hurry up, mate, you know? But you might, they might be the only person that person has spoken to that day, you know? So it's important. Life is important. And you need to cherish it as much as you can because, you know, right now we're in a horrific situation. No doubt about it, but we can get to it. Because I go to it. And I tell you right now, I did not think here in October I would be talking to you because... I just think I thought I was at the end of my 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 line. Like I'd I'd had enough, and through my wife's support and through the support of the NHS and counsellors, I've I've came back and I've never felt better in my life. And I doesn't mean to say that I'll feel brilliant every day. I'll know tomorrow I might know and all that. But you know I'm here. I'm still fighting. And the fact that you're listening to this means you're here and you're still fighting and you're still surviving. So you know keep that up. Keep it up because you're worth it.
touch